0: How our ears screen out sounds so that we can listen selectively only to those sounds that we want to hear, like this programme or a friend's voice across a noisy room, for instance, has been revealed by scientists in Australia. Gary Housley from the University of New South Wales has found that the inner ear, known as the cochlea, contains a population of sound-sensitive hair cells that communicate with the brain and work like miniature amplifiers to control the sensitivity of the ears to different sound frequencies.
1: So when the sound enters our ear canal, first thing that happens is that um, our eardrum vibrates, and then the three smallest bones in our body, incus, malleus, and stapes, they vibrate and, and transmit that sound energy to the inner ear, to the cochlea, which is a shaped a little bit like a, a snail shell. And what happens then is that the the, the frequency of sound is distributed along that uh, hearing organ so that the highest frequency sounds vibrate at the base of the cochlea and progressively lower frequency sounds set up a vibration more towards the top of the cochlea. Now those vibrations are detected by sensory cells called hair cells and the hair cells excite auditory nerve fibres. That information is transmitted to the cochlear nucleus in the brainstem and from there the signal is distributed to higher centres in the brain and ultimately to our auditory cortex which is very close to our uh, speech processing part of our brain as well so that we can hear and, and integrate that with our conversation.
0: Now if I'm watching the notional person speaking to me across a very noisy room They're going to be producing certain frequencies of sound, which I'm obviously tuning into in order to dissect out what they're saying from the general hubbub going on. This means that in some way and by some mechanism, the parts of my cochlea, which are sensitive to and detecting those sound frequencies that my friend is producing, they're being tuned into those sounds. So how does that happen?
1: The field of hearing science is known for a long time that it's a two-way street. The sound information and going to the brain is very rapidly interpreted and then there's a signal back from the brain to the cochlea which regulates the sensitivity of those sensory hair cells. Three-quarters of the sensory cells have devolved to this function of, of being amplifiers and, and, and effectively dynamically tuning the sensitivity of, of our hearing. What we discovered is that, that those cells also encode sound, but when they do that, it's dedicated to providing a, an input to the brain that, that is then able to be used to, to feedback and control that amplifier. So effectively, those those cells both send the information about how well the amplifier is performing and receive from the brain a control back to alter certain parts of the cochlea so that we can hear better what the conversation
0: is. Does the cochlea inside an ear on one side only control itself or do you get control going to both ears, so when one sound comes into one ear, both get amplified or turned down accordingly, or does one ear principally turn off or on the activity of the opposite ear?
1: In the study, what we're able to find is that this feedback pathway has two different processes to it. One of those is that the sound coming into one ear through this feedback pathway Provides a sustained reduction in hearing sensitivity. Now, what that means is it's a little complicated, but what it means is that that if you have sound coming in one side, then um, that ear rapidly um, desensitizes, but sends some of that signal through the brainstem to feedback and and shut down the sensitivity in the other ear, and we believe that's actually very significant for. Understanding you know the development of binaural hearing, and it has implications for development of of hearing aids and cochlear implants because it's it just uh, shows that that uh, hearing's literally a two way street where um, you can 't just rely on amplifying sound uh, in each ear, but you have to appreciate that the way that that sound is received and interpreted by the brain you know, assumes um, a, a difference in in weighting depending on Uh, the changes in in, uh, sound intensity in the two sides.
0: That certainly sounds very promising. Gary Housley from UNSW in Sydney speaking with Chris.